This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas, one of the world's largest cruise ships out there. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Before we get to Sherry, as always, a couple of things here. Our Cruise Radio YouTube channel, cranking out the videos there. Check that out on YouTube. And our Cruise Radio daily news briefs, you can check those out Monday through Friday. Just type in Cruise Radio News wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. This first story, kind of disturbing. Eight people were hurt in a freak dry dock accident involving Oasis of the Seas. What happened? Yeah, this is really depressing news. A large construction crane fell on the Oasis of the Seas while the ship is in the midst of a short dry dock at the Grand Bahamas shipyard in Freeport. I mean, this huge ship, and and it just gets crashed on with this crane. Eight injuries have been reported. And at first, uh, speculation was that the Oasis of the Seas was too large or too heavy to actually fit you know, be lifted and put into the dry dock because as the ship was being lifted, the crane snapped. So that's probably part of the problem. The The interesting and, and much better news is tonight Royal Caribbean posted on Twitter that there was damage, but just to the aqua theater and to some of the suites, probably the ones that overlooked the aqua theater, three sailings were canceled. And those departures include April 7, April 14, and April 21. They also said that whoever booked will receive a full refund plus a future cruise credit for ship, right? You know, I was talking to one of the dock workers over there who works at Grand Bahama Shipyard, and he said he wouldn't go on record with his name, but he thinks that it buckled because of the weight of the ship. The yeah, ship did. was just too big. All right, well, moving on here. Norwegian Cruise Line is starting to stop a popular nightly service. Yeah, and it has to do with the beloved towel animals that we all have come to look forward to seeing. Norwegian Cruise Line has decided, or they're pretty sure they've decided to stop having the room attendants create the towel animals at turndown. Uh, at this time, the cruise line is evaluating whether or not to have the stateroom attendants create the cuddly towel animals every single night. And according to a statement from Norwegian, they said they're you know, sort of a quote here, they're assessing the impact of reducing the number of towel animals showcased aboard their ships. So even though the towel critters are created with your own bathroom towels, the cruise line is saying that um, they still have to wash them, even though, you know, they might sit there for the entire length of the cruise. I know I leave mine sitting on, you know, (laughs) on the back of the sofa, but uh, they still have to wash them. So They're really looking at this, I think, as an environmental improvement. And so far, it's just an experiment. Some people were saying they they thought that their room attendant forgot to create the towel animal, when in fact, as part of this experiment that Norwegian is doing to see how people react when some nights they're not greeted by a towel animal and other nights they are. 
So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I would miss those little critters. So the towel animal unemployment rate is going up. I hope Royal or Carnival hires them. I hope so. And, and you know, who are you going to party with alone in your stateroom if you don't have those little critters? And speaking of Carnival, they just debuted a new water park. They did. It's aboard the soon-to-launch Carnival Panorama. And it's called, of course, the Choose Fun Aqua Park. There's going to be two water slides. One will be 445 feet in length and the other one, oh, just a mere 300 feet in length. There's going to be a 300-gallon power-drenching tipping bucket. I don't want to be under that. There's going to be a kid's spray park and, and a lot more things that they haven't announced yet. They're also going to bring back the Carnival Signature Sports Square and the Skyride Carnival Panorama is currently under construction in Italy, as we've mentioned before. And it's scheduled to sail out of Long Beach, California in December of this year, actually. And it's going to be the first time a new Carnival ship has home ported on the West Coast in over 20 years. So I think we're all looking forward to the panorama and, and having that over on you know Los Angeles. That'll be great. So this past Monday was April Fool's and two cruise lines thought they were extremely funny. What did they do? Yeah, haha. Ha. Um, the first one came from Carnival. They posted a picture of what looks like, oh, from the old Miami Vice TV show. You know, they're in Miami, of course. It's a high speed motorboat, they said, will offer three and five minute trips to Mexico. Um, if you looked at the boat, you know, I don't know where you could go from unless maybe uh, Tortuga or something like that, but that was like silly. And then Virgin Voyages also had a, a spoof. Um, it's, they said for their next ship, not the Scarlet Lady, but the next ship, which is still unnamed, due out in 2021, they said their guests who stay in Rockstar Suites will arrive and depart via private jet transfer and actually somehow be dropped on a runway on the top of their ship. So they'd have this grand entrance from a jet overhead. Okay, I, I didn't buy it, but I'm sure some people did. Well, April Fool's jokes were funny when we were 12, but yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. Listener question is from Tiffany. Email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. I'm going on Celebrity Reflection. Do you have any tips? Yeah. If you haven't been on Reflection, I think you're in for a really nice surprise. We were there for the inaugural. How many years ago? It was Four? December of 2012. Oh my gosh, that was seven years ago. All I remember is the tour of the presidential suite with the see-through shower. And that was like the big deal. You had to see that. But, um, you know, along the way, I discovered a few things that I really liked. And one of those is the ice-covered martini bar. It seems to be the meeting place where everybody just wants to be social and watch the bartenders, you know, do the, the cocktail shaking and the tossing of the bottles and all that. But if you want to go to the ice covered bar, my tip is to get there early. So that means, you know, if you have an eight o'clock dinner and you want to go to the ice bar, if you show up at seven, you'll never get a place to sit. And it's probably two or three people deep. So if you want to enjoy that, get there early. And then, Doug, I'll throw this one over to you, maybe. Yeah, I have a couple. One is the Sunset Bar. I first fell in love with this bar back on Celebrity Solstice and always seek it out on every celebrity ship. It's located on the aft and a great place to watch sunset and have a drink, especially if you're leaving a place with like mountain ranges, Tortola, St. Thomas, St. Martin. 
Let's see, what else? Cuisine. That's that contemporary food with kind of a whimsical take like sushi lollipops or uh, what's the other thing they have? Like spring rolls in the shape of a spring. Just very Alice in Wonderland-like. And probably my last tip would be check out the hideaway. That's located in the library and it's kind of like a tree fort. Is that how you would describe it, Sherry? Yeah, and the other two I would like to add, um, one is to go upstairs, upstairs, go up on deck to the lawn club And, uh, you know, you can actually take your shoes off and run barefoot through the real grass. They actually have real lawn up there, which was a huge deal when they started that. And something kind of cool, you can order a picnic basket. And the prices start about $50, um, and they include a bottle of wine. So you can sit on the grass, have a picnic, and just enjoy being outdoors. Or, you know, you can do it in port or, you know, while you're at sea. And also, there's long games, but it's kind of fun. They have this oversized Adirondack chair, um, so you can climb up and sit in that. And it, it, I know some people won't know what I'm talking about. It's like what Edith Ann used to sit in from the old uh, Lily Tomlin um, comedy routine. So you're this tiny person in this big chair. So it's kind of fun. Get your picture taken. And also, don't miss, the, if you like creme brulee, I think Celebrity has uh, some of the best I've had on any cruise ship. So if you like creme brulee, be sure and order that at dinner. It's so funny you said creme brulee, just so random too. But I was on Celebrity Summit last week and I was eating in the main dining room, Cosmopolitan Restaurant, probably one of the best creme brulees at sea. Well, we agree on that. That's great. Yeah, I think they do. They have the crust just right. It's never ice cold. Um, It's always a little bit warm and they've just burned the top lightly. It's just perfect. Well, there you go, Tiffany. I hope that helps. Reach out when you get back. We'd love to hear what you thought of Celebrity Reflection. We're talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at CruiseRadio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Matt just returned from Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas, currently the world's largest cruise ship, and he went to the Western Caribbean. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Excited to talk about Symphony of the Seas. It has been a while. Of course, she debuted in 2018, spent a little bit of time in the Med, and now she is sailing from Miami year-round. So uh, what made you want to sail this seven-night cruise on her? So uh, there was two major factors that were you know, my decision to book this one. First off, uh, one of the, the Facebook groups I admin was having a group cruise uh, on the sailing. And so that was my, my main factor. Uh, the other factor was that I had not been on an Oasis-class ship as of yet. Those of you who, who follow me and, and Doug, you know, I, I sail quite often, so it's kind of surprising. Uh, it's been, I think, almost a decade since Oasis of the Seas debuted. So both of those were, were kind of my deciding factors. Okay, very nice. So you're up in Connecticut, so I'm sure the Miami weather was a nice break for you this time of year, huh? Absolutely. We had a couple of cold spells prior to that, so I was definitely looking to the uh, improved weather. Did you do any pre-cruise time in Miami? 
I did not, and I know it's super risky. I flew in the morning of. Okay. Uh, I was telling you earlier this was uh, another solo cruise for me, so I was n- not in the position to fight for another uh, night away from the family. <laughs> I hear you. Fair enough. All right, so you get to Terminal A over at Port Miami. How was your embarkation there? Because that's like a brand new terminal, like state of the art, too. It is, and it's a breeze. Probably the easiest embarkation I have ever had. I got to the terminal around 10, 15-ish, mm-hmm. and I was on board by 10.30. Wow. So in 15 um, minutes, you boarded the world's largest cruise ship, like from, from yeah. curb to ship. It was crazy. I, I walked in. They, they scan your mobile boarding pass. You know, you don't have to hand over any documents. Uh, they don't give you key cards, those you get uh, at your cabin. Uh, and I walked through security. I went to the waiting area. As I got to the waiting area, they were starting to board some of the higher crown and anchor levels. Uh, And once they got to platinum, I boarded. And like I said, it was about 15 minutes from my Uber to the ship. You mentioned your key card was in your room. Um, Do they not do the wristbands anymore, the wow bands? They do. uh, You don't need them, uh, but you can uh, purchase them, I believe, for $5 and you can reuse them. So if you have them from another ship that uses wild bands, uh, you can bring them and not have to buy another one. Okay. So it's a lot, probably, it's a lot like Disney's magic band then like at the parks where you can use it. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Keep going back. Very nice. So you make your way on board the ship. What was the first thing you did and what were your first impressions of her? So the first thing I did was rush to make dining reservations um, with their uh, dining plans. It doesn't allow you to make reservations for those uh, pre-purchased nights, if you will. Uh, So as soon as I got on board, I went and made reservations. Um, I I made reservations for a few people in our group and uh, kind of just got that out of the way. I then headed to uh, the boardwalk uh, and I, I met up with a few folks from our group. Uh, we, we sat down at Playmakers, had a few drinks, ended up having lunch there, uh, which is uh, an upcharge, but um, pretty, pretty minimal. As we were hanging out there, we, we started to notice uh, some of the Royal Caribbean cruise directors, not specifically from Symphony, but uh, in, in general, start walking by. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we soon realized that uh, they, they were all on board from their um, cruise director conference they were having in Miami that week. Okay. And they had a special showing of Hero, which we we actually got to catch uh, almost you know as soon as we were we were on board there after embarkation, and uh, it was it was pretty cool to catch all that. Cool, awesome. Now you're no stranger to cruise ships, obviously. What were your first impressions though when you walked on board um, Symphony of the Seas? I mean, she's huge. Uh, there's no there's no way around that. It's it's actually a little overwhelming at first. But once, uh, you know, I kind of started getting used to the, the lay of the land, if you will, it wasn't so overwhelming. But at first, it's a, it's, it is a lot to take in. You know, I've, I've been on what I would consider larger ships, and you just cannot compare these Oasis-class ships to, to anything else. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Well, so this is an interesting story. I, I actually originally booked the studio cabin. Mm-hmm. As the the progress of, of her build started going along and, and deck plans came out, it was discovered that no studio cabins were built. Hmm. Uh, so Royal Caribbean moved anybody who had booked a studio cabin uh, into a regular inside cabin, and, and no change in rate, of course, since that's what we were, you know, we were purchasing. But yeah, so I had a regular regular inside cabin to myself and it was probably outside of uh, the inside cabin I had on on Disney I'd say it's probably the most spacious inside cabin I've ever been in 
um, it was it was more than ample for for one person. So it sounds like you booked this cruise pretty far in advance. So did you? I mean, were the studio cabins actually on the deck plans when you booked this ship? Yeah, they originally were on the deck plans uh, pre-build and and when they first put uh, uh, bookings open uh, for sale. So I had a specific cabin booked, um, and they just they just ended up not building them for whatever reason. Um, it seems like today's you know, in, in the cruise industry today, it's kind of a, a, a big selling point for, for a lot of the new ships. So I'm, it, it was a little surprising, to be honest. What is in that space now? I believe the Diamond Lounge uh, okay. takes up a majority of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not Diamond on, on Royal Caribbean, so I, I didn't spend any time in there. Yeah. All right. So um, your, your stateroom as far, you said it was very spacious. Did it have like all the technology gadgets in there? Yeah, so it has the uh, the interactive TV. I didn't use it a whole lot. I, I was more apt to use the the, uh, the Royal Caribbean app, app they have on on smartphones. Uh, it's kind of you know my phone's always with me, and it's just a little bit easier to use. It had uh, tons of storage. Uh, like I, I was I was kind of taken back at how much storage there was for for an inside cabin, and uh, I had a full uh, like a full couch um, for for an inside cabin. That was that was pretty good for me. Yeah, gotta love that space there. And the USB ports, do they have them bedside and on the vanity on this ship? I gotta be honest, I, I didn't pay attention to whether they had them bedside. And I always bring my, my little USB, I don't know what you want to call it. Charger? Plug, plug, uh, plug? adapter, charger. Okay. And so I, I kind of just plug everything into that, that, one, that one hub there. So um, I, I actually didn't pay attention. You mentioned you use the app a lot. How was the internet connection on the ship? The internet connection itself was great. Voom on Royal Caribbean seems to be leaps and bounds above anybody else that, that I've used. Um, I know Carnival and Princess, I think, are, are starting to roll out some, some improved internet providers, and, and hopefully that helps. But uh, for me to date, uh, Royal Caribbean on their new ships, hands down, the best internet at sea. As far as the app goes, uh, I know some folks in our group had trouble using it the entire trip. Um, I personally didn't. I it seemed to work great for me, aside from like one or two times where it just seemed to like bug out or glitch and and wouldn't load. Um, but that was just a a couple of times throughout the seven days. I was able to use it pretty regularly. Let's talk about your dining on board Symphony, and we'll start in the Windjammer. What did you think of the Windjammer buffet on there? So I actually didn't find my way into the Windjammer until day four mm-hmm. for dinner. Um, I actually. Uh, just used uh, alternative things for, especially for breakfast and lunch, where I normally would go to Windjammer on some of the smaller ships. I utilized Park Cafe, Cafe Promenade, El Loco Fresh for my my breakfast and lunch options. Uh, and like I said, on day four, we ended up in Windjammer for dinner. Uh, we had been off the ship almost all day, and we just weren't in the mood to to go do you know traditional dining. All right, well, let's talk about the other dining experiences on Symphony. We'll start with the main dining room. What time dining did you have, and how was the service and food? So I'm going to throw you a curveball here. I, uh, I had any time dining, but we never went to the main dining room. All right, then we'll skip that and go right to specialty then. So just go <laughs> bang through those specialty restaurants. All right, so night one, uh, we went to Jamie's Italian. I've become a huge fan of this restaurant lately. It's, uh, it's a great uh, specialty dining option, uh, especially for like a group. You can kind of get everything appetizer-wise served uh, family style. They bring out the big uh, meat and cheese plank. Uh, everybody kind of shares everything. It's really great. I enjoyed everything in there, uh, you know, all, all the times that I've dined in Jamie's, and, and this was no exception. 
night two, we actually had a, uh, I say huge, we had about 16 of us in our group uh, at Wonderland. Uh, it was another venue where uh, family style serving was suggested by the wait staff. Uh, and it ended up being a, a, a great suggestion because we were literally able to try almost everything on the menu and, you know, not be stuck with, you know, one or one or two choices. The experience in Wonderland, uh, it's very hard to explain. I would suggest going if you're the type of person who's open to eating a lot of strange, I don't want to say combinations of things, but like the descriptions don't always sound as appealing as they taste, I guess I should say. Um, but it was, it certainly was an experience. Uh, and I was super glad that I, I decided to go. Um, I, I definitely would go back again. I don't know if I would, it would be the type of place that I would kind of go every sailing. Mm-hmm. Like how long was that experience? The whole like wonderland dining experience. It probably took two hours. That may have been a little, um, extended just because of the size of our group. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that if you went in there as like a, a party of two or four, if it would necessarily take that long. Um, but that was fine for us because we were, you know, having conversation and, and, and all that good stuff as you would in a big group. Okay. And where'd you go next? Uh, so on night three, uh, we went to hooked. Uh, there's, I think four of four or five of us that went, um, everything was very good. Uh, again, appetizers came out family style. So we were all kind of able to try everything. We only had like one problem and it's going to sound very, I don't know, petty or, or first world problems here, but the, the butter that they served, the drawn butter they served with the, the seafood was some kind of weird flavor added to it or, or how it was prepared. And it, it almost tasted like maple syrup and it just, none of us in our group enjoyed it at all. So we had asked the, the waiter to bring us, you know, just regular drawn butter uh, he tried telling us that that was regular drawn butter, which we obviously knew it wasn't. And he brought us out some some other butter that that looked normal, but it still had that same like mapley taste to it, just not quite as not as bad. Um, so that was kind of my only complaint. Other than that, everything was really good. I had a, a main main lobster, full lobster, not just the tail. Everything was delicious. Oysters, calamari, um, really enjoyed everything there. So you're up there in the um, uh, you're in the Connecticut area. How did that lobster compare? The fact that it was a, a Maine lobster, it was it was very good. Now, one thing I'll point out is they have um, some other lobster items on the menu, and uh, they they didn't specifically say whether they were like a you know a Caribbean lobster or a, a Maine lobster. Um, and so when we kind of inquired about those, it kind of dictated <laughs> what we were going to order. The surf and turf does not come with the Maine lobster tail. It's a, a Carib- Caribbean lobster tail. And the lobster roll, while it said it was served traditional, um, anybody from New England knows that traditional, depending on what state you're from, mm-hmm. uh, var- varies on, on how it's prepared, right? So in Connecticut, traditional is hot with, war- with uh, drawn butter. Um, in Massachusetts, it's cold with mayonnaise. You know, we inquired how it was prepared, and, and they, they indicated that it was cold with mayonnaise. So I, I think one in our group ended up getting the lobster roll, but... Um, like I said, I, being from Connecticut, I prefer it warm with, with drawn butter. Yep, I'm, I'm right with there with you, man. Um, okay, cool. So how about the next night? So the next two nights, actually, we, we dined in Windjammer. Um, night four was kind of a um, – wasn't planned to go in there. We just – we had been off the ship all day, and, you know, we had been drinking all day, and we just, we just weren't in the mood to go do the whole dining thing, so we just popped into Windjammer. Um, on night five, uh, we had a, a group dinner planned in there from the get-go, 
I think probably only half of our group ended up showing up for it, but um, probably like 10 of us or so ate in there. And it was good. Um, I actually had both nights. I, I got a steak uh, out of the buffet and it was actually really good. Like I, I was completely blown away. Great selection. Um, I did notice that most of the selections were the same both nights. Um, not, not a whole lot changed. Um, so if, if you were to, you know, dine in there all week, it definitely would probably be a, um, a little repetitive. Hmm. Nights six and seven, uh, we dined in Izumi uh, on the sushi side. We did not dine on the hibachi side. The first night was planned. I had made a reservation, like I said, early, uh, on the embarkation day. Uh, there was, there was uh, three or four of us that went. Uh, food was phenomenal. Um, I'm a huge sushi fan, so I, I, I can't get enough of it. The service on that, that first night that we dined in there was really slow. And it wasn't that our, our waiter wasn't like being attentive. He, he just seemed like he was being kind of overworked. I don't know if they had somebody call out sick or, or whatnot, but it seemed like that they were definitely covering too many tables. We actually went back on night seven because uh, a bunch of our group was going and, you know, we enjoyed the food the night before. So we, we decided to tag along with them. The service was phenomenal the next night. So uh, it, it, the service was really hit or miss, but both times the food was, was amazing. Um, and Izumi is, I didn't mention this earlier, but all the other previous uh, dining venues that we went to were fixed price, uh, whereas Izumi on the sushi side is a la carte. So you, you pay per item. Okay, so a couple of uh, questions I have. Did you do the pizza, and what did you think? Pizza, I did uh, a couple nights, uh, I say nights, early mornings uh, <laughs> after you know leaving the club. I enjoyed it. Again, being from Connecticut, I'm kind of a pizza snob. So if, if I, I feel like if I think it's good, it's got to be good. I think we went there maybe like probably like three of the nights after, after leaving the club. One of the nights we left really late and the pizza was actually already closed. So we had to go to um, Cafe Promenade where they have like little sandwiches and things like that. I didn't realize that the pizza place wasn't 24 hours. I believe it closes at 3 a.m., Okay. Uh, which, you know, is... It's fair, right? Probably as close to 24 hours as yeah. you can get, but not quite. <laughs> and uh, did you go to the, um, the, what is it, the dog shack, the, the hot dog place? Uh, you know, I actually never, I never found myself there. There's just so many options. You know, I just never had a, had a chance to go there. I know a couple of my friends that were on the sailing, they hit it up a few times and they seem to enjoy it. That and you would gain 50 pounds if you tried to eat at every single place on there. Exactly. <laughs> so you mentioned that you bought the dining package on this sailing was the value there for what you paid for it and what you actually got? Yeah, so I bought a three-night package. Um, I, I actually probably didn't plan a, on going to as many specialty restaurants as, as I did. I probably would have bought more nights if I had, if I had known that. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely way cheaper to buy the dining plan ahead of time uh, versus you know, pay-as-you-go um, on, on board. Um, I think I paid $88 for three nights. So roughly 30 bucks a night uh, for, for the dining plan, uh, which is probably a good at least $10 uh, less per night uh, than, than paying as you go. Uh, so it was, it was definitely the, the good choice. How was the entertainment on this sailing? So I'll, I'll preface it with saying that I, I did not go to any of the theater shows. Like I said, I caught a little bit of Hero on that first day. Um, but I know, I know normally it's performed at night and with the lights and everything. So it's probably a little bit different. We spent a bunch of time in on air, uh, which is 
the bar in the Royal Promenade and they have uh, karaoke in there nightly and they have a few of the smaller game shows in there. We attended uh, pretty much all of the what I'll call the nightclub scene parties. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was two silent discos in uh, the attic, which is their kind of main club area. We had an absolute blast in those silent discos. Uh, It's probably... Uh, one of my favorite trends of, of the cruise industry lately uh, for, for nighttime parties. We also uh, we went and saw the Love and Marriage show. Uh, we played the Quest game show, which is that like adult scavenger hunt type show. There was a Red Party, which is, I guess, Royal Caribbean's version of the, you know, Norwegian has the White Hot Party. It's kind of like the same thing, just a little bit different. And there was actually... A little bit of drama in in that party. There was a, a bit of a fight that broke out about halfway through the night. It was broken up pretty quickly and I think handled well by uh, Royal Caribbean. Um, but it kind of just ruined the rest of the evening a little bit. A lot of the people that were there left because of it. But other than that, um, I enjoyed the nightlife. Uh, there was also a party in the Solarium one night, which was which was pretty heavily attended. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we did a lot of the late night stuff, uh, not so much a lot of the shows and things like that. How was the music around the ship and the different venues? You know, there's a bunch of venues, you know, now that I, st- I started looking back at the sailing, and there's a bunch of venues that I never even found my way into. Um, I know Dazzles uh, is like a, uh, I don't know what the right term for it is, but it's a, it's a nightclub that plays a lot of live music. And I actually never went in there uh, other than to take pictures at like 6.30 a.m. one day. <laughs> Um, I actually never found my way in there at night. There's constantly music, though, uh, throughout the the promenade area. They have DJs out there a lot of times. There was also live music there as well. Um, They had a a couple uh, parties in the promenade, but we actually didn't attend them. But the entertainment options are are endless. I mean, uh, there's there's more than you can do on board. In regards to the casino, was smoke an issue in or around the casino at all? Depending on which side of the casino you were on, so they have a, a smoking side and a non-smoking side. Um, it just happened to be that, like the the more convenient entrance uh, from you know coming from our staterooms um, was on the smoking side. So as you walked in, you could really notice it. But then we would make our way over to the non-smoking side, and I would say it wasn't an issue at all. Okay, you had a couple of sea days on this sailing as you were going around the Western Caribbean. How was the ship on the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? That was probably one of the, my biggest surprises. I was expecting with, you know, uh, 6,300 plus people on board, I was expecting crowding like, you know, everywhere. And I'll be honest, I, there's probably three or four times that I can remember there being really bad crowds. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, sea days, that's usually where they're notorious, right? Mm-hmm. The places that we spent time on the sea days, I just, I really, I really didn't see any crowding. Um, I spent a lot more time in the solarium versus the like main pool deck area, and maybe that was part of it. I honestly, I didn't spend a lot of time by the main pool deck other than the the one sea day where we went and used the water slides. But it, I never really experienced any bad crowding. Okay. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time in solarium uh, both sea days. Other than that, uh, I'd say our, our big hangout was uh, in the boardwalk at uh, Playmakers. It was just great for people watching and sitting around and, you know, chatting with with friends and having drinks and all that kind of stuff. So what ports of call did you hit? And uh, give us a highlight from each one. So we hit Roatan, Honduras, Costa Maya, Mexico, Cozumel, Mexico, and uh, Nassau on the way back to Miami. 
Roatan, our first stop was the only place I didn't have any like set plans. Um, I was going to kind of use it as a, a day to, to maybe get some good photo ops on the ship while it wasn't too busy. Um, we did get off for a little while, went to, uh, just walked to this little bar, um, over, over just outside the port area. We had a, a drink or two there. It was kind of a good place to take shots of the ship in port. Mm-hmm. We did that. We got back on maybe an hour, hour and a half later. Uh, we really didn't do a whole lot. Uh, got back on board, went and used the water slides while there was, you know, not many people on the ship. Um, and I, I think we ended up going back to the solarium at, at the end of the day. Um, but that was pretty much it for Roatan. In uh, Costa Maya, a majority of our group uh, had plans to go to uh, Maya Chan Beach Resort. We uh, met at the the meeting place for uh, Maya Chan, which is just outside of the port area. They gave us uh, warnings about the, the seaweed issues that they, they've been having this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they offered to give us refunds. We decided to go ahead with it anyways. They offered us a 10% discount for going anyways, and it was a great choice. We had a fabulous day there, probably one of my favorite days of the trip. The water wasn't swimmable at all, um, but it didn't stop us from having a great time. Uh, they do have a small pool there. If you know, if you do get hot and want to go in the water, you can. Uh, the weather was perfect that day, and I never got too hot where I needed to do that. Um, the rum punch was flowing all day. The uh, lunch was amazing. I, I I never imagined I would have such a good lunch at at kind of a place like this. And uh, everybody in our group had a, had an awesome day. Um, it comes highly recommended. On the way back, we did stop in the port area a little bit. We did a little bit of shopping. I think me and one of my friends stopped and had another drink before we headed back onto the ship, and and that was about it for for Costa Maya. In Cozumel, there was three of us that booked the Fury Catamaran, and there was a couple downfalls to this. One, uh, the the meeting time was like 7.45 a.m., and the night before was probably our latest night out, and I just wasn't having it. Um, (laughs) To add to it, the weather was wasn't that great. It wasn't uh, full on like raining, but it was cloudy most of the day. Occasionally a little sprinkle would, would pass through. It just wasn't a great day for a catamaran and, and, and beach time. It wasn't horrible by any means. And, and we, you know, we had a, a decent day, but um, the weather in the early morning definitely played a part into it. Being hungover probably didn't help either, did it? Absolutely not. Um, I, I think I think I slept the entire time we were at the beach, uh, just in one of the loungers. I was just not having it. Nice. <laughs> that was pretty much it for Cozumel. We did it did clear up a little bit in the afternoon, and um, I was kind of thankful because I was able to get some some better pictures in in the port area. Cloudy pictures just never look good. Yeah. That was about it for Cozumel. Then, like I said, we hit Nassau on our last day. We got off the ship around 10 a.m. And uh, a bunch of our group came along with me to do my, what I'm now calling the, the Cruise Life Matt NASA bar crawl. Mm-hmm. I've done it now the last three times I've been there. And uh, everybody seems to enjoy it every time I bring, bring new people along. So I'll, I'll probably continue to do it. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a fun day. Pretty soon you'll be moving down there and giving tours. <laughs> it, it almost <laughs> feels like that sometimes. <laughs> Uh, that's cool. So uh, it's weird. Um, usually Royal Caribbean always hits Labadee on those uh, those Western itineraries, but not this time. I don't know why, to be honest with you. Huh. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
That's weird. I mean, that was the that was the schedule all along. Yeah, and there might have been like two ships there or one ship there already that day, maybe. It could it could have been it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you make your way back to Port Miami. How was your debark? Basically, as easy as embarkation was. Um, I got out of my cabin at I want to say around seven a.m. Mm-hmm. I was doing self debark. Walked right off the ship. No line, nothing. I just walked off the ship. I was actually flying home from Fort Lauderdale Airport, and I think I was at the airport through security by like 8.30. It was crazy quick. Uh, Again, I took an Uber. Um, It was a little bit more going to Fort Lauderdale. I think you start pushing the high 30s, $40 range to get to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. But yeah, it was was super easy and, and uneventful trip home. Any tips for people sailing Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas? So I, I kind of mentioned this, how I, I avoided Windjammer quite a bit, especially that first day on embarkation. Um, if you're going to breakfast or lunch at prime time, there's a bunch of other options throughout the ship that can uh, be less stressful, I guess. Um, I know I had a couple of friends who, like uh, a couple of the mornings, went up to the Windjammer and they're like, I couldn't find any place to sit. And, you know, I was like, just go to Park Cafe or, or one of the other options. And it, it's just a lot less stressful. Aside from that, I loved spending time on the boardwalk. I think I mentioned that. Um, it kind of became our, our meetup place for everything. We would meet there before dinner. We would meet there after dinner. You know, anytime we were meeting up, it was always like, okay, we'll meet at, we'll meet at Playmakers and Boardwalk. All right. I think that's about it. Like I said, the ship itself is a little overwhelming at first, but once you kind of learn that there's essentially like three or four main areas and you know each of those are on a separate deck mm-hmm. you just okay the you know the boardwalks here the promenades here the central park is here and the pool deck is all the way up top i, I mean those are your four those are kind of your four sections right so yep. it was kind of easy to navigate once you have that set in your mind and it definitely grew on me um i don't know that i would sail a big ship all the time but i'd say maybe once a year or once every other year something like that um, I definitely would do it again. In closing, Matt, what are your final thoughts of Symphony of the Seas? She's a great ship. The entertainment options, the food options are endless. You cannot do everything on this ship in seven days. Uh, there's there's a ton that I still haven't done, and and you know I I, uh, I research my ships and know everything that's on it before beforehand, and I, I still couldn't get to it all. So um, I'll definitely be back on uh, another Oasis class ship soon. We'll have to see when I can fit it into the schedule. Matt, if we want to see your pictures, uh, where can we go? So most of my pictures are on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can find them at Cruise Life Matt. Been talking with Matt about his seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Symphony of the Seas. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you.
Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.